Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached when I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom. I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 318, A Turkey Hunter's Christmas Wish List. And I am your co-host, and the guy who has still not seen a deer while sitting in the tree stand this season and i'm your co-host and the guy who saw bullwinkle himself while not being in a deer stand so i know that story but i want you to share it (laughs) i had a friend of mine come up from alabama and deer hunt on our property and he shot a he shot a nice eight point wait a minute you have a friend well i guess i think he is he may he's my friend during deer season at least yeah. <laughs> I might not ever hear from him again now, but hey. Uh, <laughs> he got him a nice eight point, and he uh, you know, saw a bunch of bucks, didn't really see any you know, real big ones, but he got him a good eight point, and he decided to give me the meat, which I gratefully accepted because I'll take it all day. And he, he put it all in a cooler and left it in my parents' front yard 
for me to run by and pick it up. It was sitting out by their basketball goal that's on the side of their house. And I didn't, wasn't able to get over there. You know, it was cold anyway, so it didn't matter. And he put it on ice. But I, I wasn't able to get yeah. over there until about 8 o'clock that night. And so I turned into their driveway and standing 50 yards from the cooler of buck meat that I'm supposed to pick up is the most massive deer I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> Wow. And he was just crunching on some acorns in my parents' front yard and had a big old probably 8-inch drop tine on the right side. I mean, just an absolute freak of a West Tennessee deer. I mean, we just do not grow deer like that in Tennessee. I mean, you would shoot this thing even if you were hunting in Iowa. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, anyway, it got me all fired up. Actually, I came home and started getting all my stuff out. I was going to go deer hunting the next morning and see if I could kill it. I found one bullet. That was all I could find. And I didn't really have any gear to deer hunt, so I put my waders out. I was going to wear those to the stand and got all my camo out and everything and woke up the next morning, walked outside, and I was like, hmm, it's a little cold out here. Do I really want to go deer hunting? You know, that, that deer's pretty big. That bed was really warm. <laughs> and I went back to bed, and I hadn't been. So hopefully somebody kills him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But... I, I don't just, know that I would have done any different than what you did. I don't. If it, if he, if I had pulled up and rolled down the window and he had looked at me with those big old horns and ripped a gobble right in my face, I'd hunt him like religiously. But I just don't care about it, man. I just, I love eating them. That's the only reason I really care to go kill one. Yeah. And I, I'm not gonna sit in a stand in 20 degrees to go get some meat. I mean, I, I usually, I'll wait for a nice warm day to do that. Exactly. So, I just. It just doesn't do it for me. I know a lot of people love it. I'm glad they do because uh, we need to spread hunting out over all kind of sports. But it's just not for me. But that deer, I hope somebody that would really appreciate it kills him because it is an absolute toad of a West Tennessee buck. Yeah, that's cool. You know, it's it's nice to see big deer like that every once in a while. Yeah, I haven't ever seen one that quite that size. I've I've seen some, you know, really good deer around here before, but that one takes the cake for me. I mean, who knows if anybody ever seen during daylight hours, but he was definitely out in, you know, 8 o'clock at night. Yeah. I, I think we got, you know, CWD came through here pretty bad last year, and nobody was seeing deer. They were... I found a lot of carcasses out in the woods and stuff. I mean, it was obvious that disease was really whacking them pretty big. And this year, though, I think they've come back strong. I've seen there's deer everywhere. Hmm. And, you know, one thing that's kind of strange, and I don't know if it's correlated. I'm no biologist, but there's a lot more quail this year. And I wonder if the deer population getting whacked last year helps the quail population. And that's just a speculation on my part. Draw me a correlation between the two i mean have you ever been on a farm with tree lines where deer are heavily traveling through it they're and browsing there's no cover and i think i think the deer really open up the woods in my opinion and then quail don't do well with that i, I really think that and I, I don't know i mean i've seen a video of a deer eating duck eggs also maybe they eat the quail eggs i'm not sure hmm. i don't know if you've okay. ever seen that but somebody got trail cam video of a doe walking up and eating the eggs out of a duck's nest interesting it's just a speculation you know it could just be we had a really good weather or something for a hatch yeah. kind of year but yeah i would think less deer would mean more food source for other animals turkeys quail things like that and that's just a you know who knows maybe it's not correlated in any way i just noticed the deer went down last year and the quail numbers jumped 
Maybe the predators were not working on quail as much because they had more sick deer to pick out of the population. Could be. There, I, you know, there may, as I said, maybe no Could be all of those. Could be all kind of things. Maybe yeah. deer are the biggest predator known to man of quail. Who knows? Ooh, I bet you that's what it is. And that's why we have a poor quail population in the south now. I think you had a poor population of quail in the south because there's no cover anymore for them. And I, well, I don't know about that. There's plenty of cutover. Well, around here, yeah, y'all have plenty of cutover. Around here, it's all been turned to agriculture. So you don't, and all these center pivots coming in, there's no tree lines running through the fields or anything for the birds anymore. Yeah. So that, and I think a lot of the, like what they spray on cotton around here, it kills bugs for like three years. And that's a huge food source. So I I wouldn't doubt if they're either poisoning the quail or the fact that they just don't have bugs to eat for three years could be an effect. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that was a little off topic. Yeah. But I hope you see a deer. If you do see one, I hope it's like the one I saw the other day because it was absurd. Well, I will say that I'm not going to see one while I'm hunting for the next two weeks because I will not be hunting for the next two weeks. So not deer hunting anyway. And maybe even three weeks if everything goes perfect. (laughs) (laughs) So my big winter guys trip is coming up the third week of December. And my lovely bride is having surgery this Friday. So I will not be hunting this weekend. I will not be hunting the following weekend because... She is not going to be able to lift anything over five pounds for about three weeks. Yeah. So every frying pan we have in the house is over five pounds. You almost have that cast iron stuff. (laughs) So I will have to put all of the pots and pans on the stove and let her cook for me. (laughs) And then I'll have to wash them all after she cooks. So she's going to have to cook in a very clean manner. But yeah, that, and I'm joking about all that stuff with the uh, pots and the pans and the cooking and all that. But yeah, she's, she's going to be, you know, fortunately it's nothing major that she's having done. She's having a little neck surgery done and she's just not going to be able to pick anything up. So I'll be sticking close to the house for the next couple of weeks. And then I've got my guys trip that following week. And I hope that we will not be deer hunting. It's typically squirrels and rabbits and doves. Well, they so, probably get more meat that way anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it's been fun hanging out with the guys at the hunting camp. I've enjoyed that. That's always one of the highlights of deer season anyway. Yeah, I think if I joined a deer hunting camp, I'd probably just stay there and cook and stuff and not even worry about shooting deer. I'd probably be the most popular member there. Yeah, you would be. This guy everybody doesn't even likes, kill our deer. <laughs> and he cooks. Yeah, everybody likes the camp chef. <laughs> yeah, that'd be my favorite part. One of these days, remind me to tell you the story of our camp chef at the hunting club that I grew up in. Right, it's it's not a podcast me, story. I'll get you to tell me in <laughs> about 71 days, 12 hours, and 53 minutes while we're sitting under the roost tree of a Utah gobbler. That sounds good. That sounds real good. And those of you who are listening who want to hear that story, well, you'll need to come to the Unicoi Custom Turkey Call Maker Show. At the Unicoi State Park in January to find out, and you can ask me then and there. But if you do not see me there, or you cannot make it there, then come to Alabama, 
to go turkey hunting in 107 days, 9 hours, 53 minutes, and 30 seconds and ask me the story about the camp chef. I'm definitely going to have to ask you now. You seem like this must be one heck of a story. That's just funny. But we got a pretty interesting episode for you guys today. And it's one unlike anything I've done over the past six years. And so I'm looking forward to hearing Cameron's part of this show. But what we're doing today is, well, we're just going to give you our top five items on our wish list for this Christmas for Santa Claus. We're going to throw it out there in the universe in hopes that Santa listens to the Turkey Hunter podcast and brings me and Cameron some of the items that we have on our list for Christmas. And disclaimer from me, we're not sponsored or anything by anybody. So what I'm asking for is strictly because I want it, you know? Oh yeah. It's not out of obligation to anybody. (laughs) That, that is true. So yeah, let's get on with this because I'm kind of excited to hear about what's on your list. And I've, given a good bit of thought to mine and I'm going to go ahead and tell you I've got some things that are really inexpensive and then I've got a couple of things that are pretty expensive why not you know you're asking Santa to bring you something why not shoot big you know what I'm saying yeah Yeah, I know what you're saying and then I've got a couple of things that are not real expensive yeah yeah that's that's the the glorious thing about turkey hunting in my opinion is you can spend as much as you want and still be successful. Very, very true. Now, duck hunting, you better have some pretty deep pocketbooks, my friend. <laughs> yeah. No <laughs> turkey doubt. Hunt, you can you can get away with not having to spend much money and still find success. No doubt about it. So, I want to hear your first item on your list of five on your wish list and tell me why. Okay. All right. All right. One of them I already know I'm getting because I found it, but. Ooh. Yeah, buddy. So I have, this is a package deal. I've been asking for these two together, or I would take them separate for years. I have everybody in my family on watch for them at all the, you know, yard sales or estate sales or any kind of sale, seeing if we could get a copy. But I want, you know, I love books. The Greatest Moments of My Life by Jack Dudley. Very expensive. Mm -hmm. And Tall Timber Gabriel's which I told you I have already got, but mm-hmm. I haven't gotten to look at it yet. I'm getting it for Christmas. Very nice. So that's my first wish list would be to get The Greatest Moments of My Life by Jack Dudley, and that would kind of be a big deal for me because I've always wanted to own my own copy. I have a copy of a copy that I made on a photo printer, but I'd like to have a legit copy of the book. Yeah. And so that's been on the list for quite a few years. I think my mom's getting frustrated because she's like, I can't find it anywhere. And I was like, well, you're not alone. Nobody can. <laughs> uh-huh. So keep looking. And I, I'm glad that you were nice to your sweet mom because, you know, if that was my mom that said that to me, I would have said, well, you're not looking hard enough. <laughs> but you're a good son. To your well, very sweet I, mother, and I'm I glad also to understand that. how difficult it is to find that book. So <laughs> I, I'm going to cut her some slack. I'll give her another year or two before I start getting on to her. <laughs> but that's a serious ask right there. I, I really, that would be something for me. 
And I would say for anybody, if you're looking to give a gift to a potential turkey hunter or somebody who's just starting out and they may not have a book on it, get them the old pro turkey hunter. I yeah. think that's my favorite turkey hunting book still, maybe besides the greatest moments of my life. I think that's a great one for anybody starting out to get them fired up about turkey hunting. So mm -hmm. turkey hunting book, that's number one on my list. Very good. All right. What's, what's your first gift you're hoping Santa sends down the chimney Christmas Eve? Mine are not in any real particular order. Okay. So number one on my list is, and this comes strictly from our conversation with Rob Keck. Ooh. Montana decoy, yep. the fanatic Tom. You know, I've been scanning all over the place looking for this. <laughs> so, you know, again, I said some of these are very inexpensive and that's very inexpensive. Yeah. And I want that because of our trip to Utah. I like it. That. That will be used heavily probably in Utah. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not a decoy guy, but I think for winter turkey hunting purposes, it will be necessary. Yeah. And really fun if we get a huge flock of gobblers come running in to fight us, you know. <laughs> well, and I've not hunted northern Utah, but where we hunted in southern Utah, there was quite a bit of agricultural land. And I know that where you and I are going, there's yeah. some ag land around there and... You know, you really need a visual. Yeah, I think I think it'll be necessary because they're not going to be up in the mountains in the woods. It's going to be too cold. I think they will be down in those fields where all the food is. Yeah, yeah. So, so. to me, I think it's an essential piece of equipment for this trip that we're going on. I hope you get it and blood is shed over it within two months of its inception with you. <laughs> Very nice. I hope you're right. That would be fantastic. What do you have as number two? And it sounds like yours kind of are in order. No, I'm not putting them in any order. That was just the first one I popped in my mind right there that I wanted to talk about. But okay. you didn't even catch my fantastic, by the way. But moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> my second uh... ask is, this one's pretty like unique to me, I would say, but I've been really wanting to get a... Duck Camp is the brand. I've used some of their stuff. I really like it so far. But it's a bamboo hoodie that's in mm. camouflage like that I wear. And I'm wanting that because it's super lightweight and would be good for warm weather. But I hunt a lot before work, and I wear a suit to work every day. And so when I go turkey hunting before work, I shower and then go hunt. Mm -hmm. So I can't wear a hat. Mm -hmm. but I usually wear my hoodie and pull put the hood up over my head because that covers, you know, parts of my cheeks that'll show or my forehead, you know, because my hair is not very long. And so I need a hood on something, but my hoodie's pretty warm. And so on those warm days, it gets a little uh, steamy inside the hoodie. But I think if yeah. I get one of these kind of, it's almost like a fishing style hoodie that they're putting out there. I could wear that before work on the hot days. And so that that's something I'm asking for because that's just kind of how my season goes. You know, I'm, I'm going to go a lot before work and I can't wear a hat. So, <laughs> yeah, but the bamboo hoodie, that's what I'm going for. That's cool. So the bamboo clothing or is it still called tinsel or tinsel fabric? Uh, they just say you... bamboo hoodie. OK, so but it's it's made of bamboo. Yes. The 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 fibers from the bamboo. Yeah. 
Which uh, is that's what my face mask is made out of, and it's really soft. Like, I'm, yeah, that stuff is super, super soft. So, just you've already got something made out of that fabric. I was going to tell you, just be careful that sometimes some of that stuff is kind of shiny. Yeah, I know. I actually texted one of the owners and asked him that, and he said it was not. But I'll be the judge of that when it comes in. I am well aware of the shininess of clothes and its effect on turkeys after my brother showed up in the neon Sitka gear they were wearing in New Hampshire. Yeah. It was unbelievable to see, but um, hopefully it won't be shiny. Everything else I've gotten from them has not been shiny, and the mask that I have that's made out of bamboo is not. So I'm hoping it's just the exact same material in hoodie form. Mm-hmm. That would be ideal. Yeah, very cool. There's number two. What are you, uh, what are you hoping's in under the tree next? Number two, I'm going medium big on this. It's, it's not the biggest thing on my list, but it is... The Remington 870 410 turkey shotgun. Going for the 410. Going for the 410. And I think it's pretty obvious as to why I want that. There's there's no real secret there. That's nice to have in those mid-season hunts where, you know, you can cover 10, 12, 14 miles in a day. Yeah. Sure would be nice to have a six and a half pound gun. Yeah. Yeah. Tote around. So when well, they're deadly out to 40 yards nowadays anyway, so yeah. And I don't, you know, hunting Alabama, you're just not going to get very many shots farther than that. Well, and I would think, you know, with you like to faint, well, you won't be able to in Alabama, but maybe right. on an out of state hunt with a fan, a 410 would be much easier to maneuver and plenty of kill power for the five yard shot that you usually have to take. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, that's a that's a cool ask. I, honestly, I didn't even know that Remington made an 870-410. It is new for 2020. Really? Yeah. And, you know, who knows with all the troubles they're going through if they'll have it next year or not. But hmm. supposedly it's out there now. And I, I there's some really good single-shot 410s out there. And I almost put the single shot on my list. But... <laughs> We know I don't like to shoot once, so that would just be an exercise in futility for me to have a single-shot turkey gun. Yeah, if if they allowed us to have our plugs out for turkey hunting, I'd, I'd have five in there, you know. <laughs> well, some states do allow you to not have to put a plug in. I think, I believe Tennessee's a three-shell-only three state, so... I always mm. just have the plug in, but I I carry at least six to seven turkey shells with me anyway, because I have had instances where I've unloaded my gun on a bird and then had another opportunity later in the same morning. It's a good thing I don't have to hunt in Tennessee anymore. <laughs> I do not have a plug in mine. Really? Alabama allows five shells? Yep. Wow. Or more. Or <laughs> banana clip. Yeah. You could use that one gun you showed me that you have that looks like it could hold like 50 shells. That I allegedly have, Cameron. Allegedly have. Yeah. If I ever break in, it'll be the next time I see it. Allegedly. (laughs) So, yeah, that's number two on my list. What's number three for you? Number three for me is going to be a new, because I broke my last one, sous vide. Oh, man. How'd you break it? You know, it has that... Mine, the way it was, it had a clip on it Yeah. that clipped onto the pot. Well, the let's just say the meat grinder got tossed into the same drawer with the clip, and mm-hmm. it got tossed in pretty heavily, so the, yeah. the sous vide is no more. 
Yeah, and I love cooking with the sous vide. It, it is so easy, and the meat is almost impossible to mess up. I mean, yeah. literally, like it's about as foolproof of a good way to cook meat I, that I've ever seen. It is. I hate that the French invented that. Yeah, so I have a sous vide turkey breast recipe that I truly enjoy, and I need to get my sous vide back, man. I, I, I like cooking with it, so that's... That's something I got to replace that I've had before, but I need a new one and be a great Christmas gift for somebody who likes to cook like myself. It would be a great gift for somebody who likes to cook. And I'll tell you what else along that same line would be a great gift for someone who likes to cook, and that is a jacquard. I will second that nomination, my friend. The jacquard is the bomb. You guys who are listening to this, if you do not have one and you cook wild game... You're missing it, man. You are. It is the way to go for cooking wild game, I'll tell you. Yeah. So you may want to ask Santa to put one of those in your stocking. Yeah. The Jacquard and a sous vide. That could be a package deal for the cook in your life. But um, the Jacquard, is, that's a great, great move because... Honestly, I can't pull out a piece of meat now that I'm going to cook and not hit it a couple times with the cigar. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, that's that's good for sure. Yeah. Well, number three on my list. You know, my list would not be complete without a book. Let's hear it. Which one are you going for? All right. That is all that we've got for you guys for the free portion of this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you would like to get some more ideas or the turkey hunter in your life from me and Cameron. Or heck, if you just want to get turkey hunting gift ideas from me and Cameron, you know, just send them to us, you can do that. But you'll want to hear the rest of this week's episode. Yeah. And there's two ways that you can do that. The first way is you can subscribe to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast on an annual basis. And the way you do that is to text the word turkey hunter, make it one word with no spaces, to the number 44222. After you send that text, eventually I'm going to send you a link via email that you can click on and create your username and password for the Podbean application and pay the $18 per year subscription the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast. Your $18 is going to get you not only the rest of this week's episode, but it will also get you the awesome premium content from last week's episode, the week before, the week before that. I mean like 150 episodes of premium content. There's a lot of premium content locked up under the premium subscription. And I know that you guys are going to want to hear that. So it'll get you that. It'll also get you the premium content for the next 52 weeks as well. Cameron, what is another way that they can listen to the rest of this week's episode? The other way you can get the rest of this week's episode is by going to the turkeyhunterpodcast.com, finding this episode followed by the letters PS, which stands for premium single, and purchasing that whole episode for $1. So it's 99 cents and you will be able to listen to this episode and only this episode in its entirety. You can do that for any of our past episodes that have a PS behind them. You can click on that episode, purchase that one episode by the entirety. A subscription to our podcast would make a great Christmas present to yourself or others. So if you want to subscribe for a full year and give somebody the gift that keeps on giving, that's another thing to consider. But 
if you do just want this episode, it's only a buck, and you can get a really good Christmas idea, and that's probably worth a dollar. There you go. Well, I think we're going to have a good Christmas because we're going to be able to read about turkeys, and then we're going to be able to ride out there in your electric golf cart and shoot them with 410 pistols and shotguns mm-hmm. and then bring them home, cook them in my sous vide while wearing our turkey socks. With sandals, because that's how you wear them. Of course. <laughs> so we're, we're set, man. I think we're set. Yeah, I think so. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to Christmas, but I'm more so looking forward to the fact that Christmas means that the time is drawing near. <laughs> it does. You know, uh, here we are, 1st of December, blink, and we're going to be right there at New Year's, and it's just going to come quickly after that. So Yeah, this part of the year starts kind of speeding things up, all the holidays and everything. So It does, no doubt. Well, I want to take the favor of the week this week again. All right. You know, I'm not going to twist your arm on it. Go for it. All right. And it's very selfish. So I know you guys, everyone's got their own little issues going on. I know a lot of you have your prayer list together that you of people that you pray for all the time. And just throw my wife on there again. Not a big surgery, but she's nervous as she can be about it. And... Any of you guys who would say a little prayer for her, include Tammy in your prayers, I would be very appreciative. I know she would be she would be appreciative, and I will keep you guys updated on how all of that goes. But we're expecting good things from the surgery, good things from the surgeon, and that everything's going to come out of this just fine. So if you'll do that, that would be a very selfish but much appreciated favor of the week this week. Yeah. Wow. Well, I I know I will, so. I appreciate that. Hopefully some others who are listening will do that as well because there's power in prayer. So we'll hopefully, I know she's going to do great and look forward to seeing her in February as well. Yeah, yeah. It'll all be good, I'm sure. So, all right. We've thrown this out there in the universe for Santa. So the only thing left for us to do now is wrap this thing up and get on with the week. All right. Wrap it on up. Take us home. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.